Welcome everybody to the Stretch Goose Podcast. My name is Manuel, and uh, thank you all for jumping on for a little for a little bit with me. If you like the show, share the show, leave a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Podbean. Ultimately, kids, subscribe to the show. It helps us out a lot with all that computer stuff. And share a wacky news story or a wacky personal story with us at stretchgoosepodcast at gmail.com. Today, we are going to get into... Uh, a yogurt company um, trying to fight emissions with uh, diapers on cows and, um, you know, to catch the farts, I guess, and uh, the uh, masking of cows in case they burp. Um, it's gonna, it's basically the same story, just one's a little bit more in-depth in one article as to the other. I mean, it got as high as uh, Tucker Carlson, so it, it seems to be a real initiative by this company um so the first one is from fox news basically the farmer is speaking out against forcing cows to wear diapers to contain methane emissions and uh, she claims that the uh, company has gone into crazy town the tennessee farmer condemned the idea of forcing cows to wear masks and diapers to contain their methane emissions saying the people who came up with the idea are crazy french dairy giant Dannon announced in mid-January it is considering putting masks on cows to trap their burps in an effort to reduce methane emissions by 30% in 2030. In the future, cows could also be forced to wear diapers to trap their farts. Um, And that is basically the story. So I'm not entirely sure if this is the best way to lower emissions, Um, but I got to give them... I got to... I got to give them props, you know, for at least attempting something as stupid as diapers and masking. Um, there's a quote from from the farmer. She said, uh, Stephanie Nash, she says, uh, Tucker, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to allow my cows to wear a mask. And uh, she actually, in the interview, uh, tested the theory by putting a mask on the cow, and the cow went absolutely batshit. So this is... Um, so this is this is this is just where we're at now as a, as a fucking country. We're so um, interested in in stopping global warming, I guess is what they're calling it now, that we are going to put fucking diapers on cows to catch their farts and shit. Um, I mean, don't we have? Don't we have like that whole thing with the plants? They take the methane, they convert it to oxygen, and uh, all that good stuff. You know, big cycle of life. I mean, cows have been around for a while now. They've been farting and burping forever. They've been eating the vegetation. Uh, I the world. I mean, the world has not filled with methane, and we have not uh, had trouble breathing air. So. I'm mystified 100% by this. And I hope to God they don't go all through it, go through it. But um, this, is a, this is a statement from, from, from the yogurt company. They say that livestock, especially cows and cattle, produce methane, a dangerous greenhouse gas that war- warms the atmosphere as part of their normal digestive process, according to the EPA. Okay, <laughs> so, 
This is their normal digestive process. I don't understand how this, this is not even going to drop the the temperature a, a, a degree. I mean, we there's not enough cows farting at the same time to gas out the planet. There just isn't. This is absolutely hilarious. There's it's it's and some more from the this is more from the yogurt guy. New data from the United Nations Environmental Program and the Climate and Clean Air Coalition found livestock emissions, manure, and gastro uh, releases account for 30% of methane emissions. Um, (laughs) I know, I know. Global warming, global cooling, um, um, climate change i mean all these really vague generic terms to keep the to keep the dream alive and we're now we're now putting going to put diapers on cows i am waiting to see how if, if there's something out there that's going to top this this is the stupidest most ridiculous thing that has ever ever come up and i would like to think my sister for sending me these articles. I thought these were absolutely batshit stupid and hilarious. And the, the one from there's one from Town Hall. It's called the site is called Town Hall and Fox, which kind of backs up the initial um, Tucker Carlson uh, story, and it just has a little bit more um, a little bit more numbers and things like that. Um, it, it 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 says right. It, okay, so the left tends to ignore large swaths of data or technical considerations in order to get a pre-approved scientific conclusion. Enron also hid the debts to paint a rosy economic picture, and we all know how that turned out. The latest Fed, pushed by the massive yogurt company Dannon, from is to put diapers and masks on cows. The press reports made no mention of pacifiers but i'm sure we'll get there i'm sure we'll be pacifying these 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 animals these poor animals i i can see it happening the idea is that cows those indispensable sources of, of for yogurt and ice cream produce large amounts of methane both <laughs> both in the front and the back as anyone who has been awake in the past decade knows methane is much, much worse than carbon dioxide in trapping reflected radiation and thus heating up the planet. While past attempts to deal with the cow farting have included altering feed so as to produce less gas, the goal of the French uh, is to tr- of the French company is to trap the gases and prevent their release into the atmosphere. I'm wondering what the diapers look like, though. Because the diaper part... If it's cloth, like we've learned from COVID, cloth masks, cloth diapers, it's not it's not going to trap anything. So you know, just put that out there. Um, into the atmosphere, it looks. If if one looks at pictures of the diapers, they're by no means seem hermetic and i kind of wonder how efficient they will be in trapping the molecules while while on the one hand i'm glad that they have found a use for the leftover covid mass now selling in israel at 10 percent of their peak price 
I hope that the cows will still be able to recognize one another. Let's give the yogurt company the benefit of the doubt and say that their end-to-end solution really does trap all methane releases and that the net effect will make life in the world better. Any serious researcher would ask, at what cost? The diapers are no doubt made from paper, cloth, or other plastic products. What, what are the environmental considerations in the energy required for their production? At some point, they will be retired and buried in the ground. What is the environmental implication of burying millions of cow diapers annually? If they are made of cloth, how much energy will it be required to heat water and wash them? How much will the newest cow fashion add to the price of the final product? Will people on the other on the lower end of the financial spectrum be pushed out of the yogurt market to make the elite feel a little better about their yogurt choice? Choices. The need to look at all angles of an energy environmental issue came to me when I had an opportunity to do a study for a very large American aerospace company. They wanted to know the feasibility of using algae or other biological sources for jet fuel. I worked with an engineer, and together we built models for initial food sources, efficiency and of growth, and cost of isolation of fuel and other oils in one engine of a commercial airliner. The one thing that they never discussed in these flights was how much the fuel would cost. But from our study, we saw that the price of any jet fuel alternative from a biological source was going to be far more expensive than standard jet fuel unless you could coax some bacteria or algae to thrive on coal, the cheapest source of carbon available, once you factor in the relatively low efficiency of conversion of sunlight into carbon mass by algae or kinobacteria, and then take into account the need for isolation of fuel molecules from from anywhere close to even fortified. <laughs> oh my God. Um. Anyway, guys. That's the, this thing just goes on and on. We're talking about the price of gas, the price of this fuel, that fuel. Let's just say, in short summary, that this is the this is the bananas of of what we're dealing with as a country, as a world, as a as a as a just as as a planet. We want to save the environment, but we are not interested in things that make sense. We are picking things that are going to raise the cost in other areas, and then we are going to um, fail because we're running out of, we're going to run out of resources to fix one problem, and then we're going to end up with another problem, and, and it's just going to continue to snowball. My thing is, and it's one thing that I do agree with with a lot of the commentators out there, is the adaptation aspect. We we should be considering the these types of things like instead of if coal is a big issue, we should probably invest in nuclear energy. But Russia Russia couldn't handle it. They had they had a moment, so then everybody's afraid to go forward with it. But in California, we have a nuclear plant that is up and running right now 
because we can't seem to keep our power grid powered with windmills and solar panels and the hydrogen isn't working too well so we we can you know we kind of have to keep that plant on a little longer um but i think if we if we actually went with nuclear energy we would have cleaner energy uh we wouldn't have the issues that we have with with the power grids and things and the infrastructure would be probably significantly better if we went that way as opposed to a windmill waiting on a breeze um and and then maybe possibly if we are absolutely going to get away from fossil fuels and go with the electric stuff we should probably be looking into different sources of of material to make batteries because the lithium thing it's only coming from one area and we don't have that and we're trying to pay, you know buy it transport it and go through all those things and it's becoming costly that's why these cars are expensive that's why these that's why the battery prices have gone up a little bit because we don't have access to that stuff. We need to figure out a different way. We need to actually be working on it. And we might be now. I don't know. The government doesn't tell us everything. But we need to figure out how to how to do these things. Because diapers on a cow is not going to solve it. Di- you know, a mask on a cow isn't going to solve it. No matter what we try, it's not going to happen. So that's that's basically the the the, the gist of it. Um, something I want to dive into, and I know I've dived into it a couple times already. It is the seat. The um, it's kind of like the last address of the issue because it's all over YouTube. It's all over the news. Um, there's been some updates on it. Uh, I just, I'm not going to really address what is the updates. Uh, I'm not going to address what was said. Um, but I know, I know, uh, Steven Crowder ended up on Tim Pool's podcast, uh, yesterday and, or his YouTube channel. And, uh, they had a wide ranging interview, covered a lot of different things. He had, he, he had a lot of things to say, uh, opinionated, um, about the issue. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, there's been, there's been a lot of people jumping on YouTube, jumping on social media, Monday morning quarterbacking this thing. Some people talking about their, you know, that are in the creator space, talking about their experience with The Daily Wire, their experience with Steven Crowder personally. Um, and it's about a 50-50 split. So although there's some good, there's some bad, things like that. Um, this, this, the what I'm going to say is more of... Um, a call to the creator out there, all of you that have a microphone, all of you that have a mixing board, all of you that are promoting or producing or all the directing, all of the, all the things to put on a show or put on, you know, anything on a channel, um, podcast or what have you. Do not, under any circumstance, go into business with Steven Crowder. And here's why. When you watch what happened, because they all put videos up, like I said, you've all seen them, millions of views per video. When you watch these videos, Steven Crowder is putting on a show. Steven Crowder is trying to get to, to get people to come to him. If you go through the timeline, Daily Wire laid out a timeline of events. Crowder doesn't necessarily dispute the timeline. But he continues to say it's not about that. It's about it's it's not even about the money. 
when you when you watch the second video where he plays back a phone call that he recorded, the timeline, if you follow it, it's well after the fact. So he he basically did it to set up the video. Um, when you look at all this, what this tells me, and it should tell all of you, is that Steven Crowder is not someone you want to work for under any capacity. Because he will, when he feels like he is threatened, he will throw you under the bus. He will bury you at sea. He is a guy that is not looking out for you. He's looking out for himself. He's looking out for his business. He's looking out for his cash, which is the same thing Daily Wire is doing and the same thing any other corporation is doing. But when when you watch a guy literally attack someone that they both agree that they're they've been friends for over 10 years so when you see somebody willing to burn that bridge to get what he wants there is nothing that there's nothing that's going to stop him from burning you you're burning bridges with you so when you go into business with him he's going to say what he's been saying i'm not going to take a dime i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do that but then as it progresses and you start to turn profit, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he is going to want a piece. And if you don't give him the piece, you're going to be not gay, Jared. You're going to be on your ass somewhere else. And you're going to be locked into an NDA. This, these are, this is a guy that you don't want to work for. He is a boss you don't want to have. He is He takes things personally. He takes things, you know... He takes everything as an attack on him, and he will go. He will go for your throat at an, at the at the most op- opportunity that suits him. It may not be that day, but he will get you within a week, a two weeks, three weeks. This is the this is who Steven Crowder is, and I cannot stress this enough. All of you that are filling out that stupid web that stupid application, if you will, to that email, where he is looking for talent. You need to keep this in mind, and you need to guard yourself, because this guy is not a good person, and he proved it with what he did. Now, everybody's talking about the the contract. Everybody's talking about the money, and when you and then uh, there was a a creator that worked with the Blaze. Uh, I watched her video. Lauren Lauren Laura Laura Chen, I believe, is her name. She broke down. You know, production costs, travel, all these things. So really, twelve million a year isn't really that much. But here's the thing that I push back on with all these people that are saying this: his agent, according to the Daily Wire, said that we will not get in the room for no less than fifty. So they came in with fifty. They said, "Okay, here's fifty. This could go up to seventy. This can go up to seventy-five million. You know, as your operating budget." And this was for, you know, producing your show, all this stuff. So they came in with what they were asked to come in with. And to say that it's not about the money is BS because he's got, you know, people to pay for. He's got, you know, the health insurance. He's got his own family to feed. So if it wasn't about the money, then why did he go back and ask for more? Why did he go to up the deal? Why did he say... I'm not going to redline anything. Write this up. Write a new one. 
and I want X amount of dollars. If it wasn't about the money, why would he do that? That's my question there. You know, thing, and and the thing is, where what I've talked about in the previous episodes about this, he says he has six million subscribers. That's what it says on YouTube, but only a million people are watching him. So there's five million people that aren't paying attention to him anymore. That should tell you something. If if it was six million, he was getting three million of uh, three million of, vi- of views per video, per you know, or engagements or what have you. Then you can sit there and say, okay, well, fifty percent of his audience still still listen to him. But that's not even the case anymore. There's less than a million views per video, and that's just YouTube. And that should tell you something. And the fact that he claims that he's getting offers, but only one offer is flashed in the video. And he says he's got more. Where are they? I I can't stress this enough, guys. Don't do it. You're going to regret every every bit of it. And I think that 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 in and of itself should give you pause when he says, "I don't know how many of you are out there. Please email me." And that's the one thing that really got really got me is when he says that he owns Mug Club. He owns all of these things. I I don't I I this is my business, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. My thing is this. Now I know he's been at this for a long time, Fox and all that. So he has seen a contract or two in his life. Why did he not protect Mug Club a hundred percent? Why did he not go in and say, you know what, this is my idea, but I want all the email lists. I want all the money. This is my idea. And then they come back and they say, well, we want a percentage. Okay, well, then here's your percentage. But the email list is mine. He doesn't do that. He doesn't know how many subscribers he has. He doesn't know how much money is coming in and out of there. If he truly knew, if he truly, let me rephrase that, if he truly owned Mug Club, and it was his idea, then he should know how many subscribers he has, how much money is flowing in and out of there. He should know exactly how much revenue he is driving there. This is something that really struck me when he says he owns everything. It doesn't sound like he does. It doesn't seem like he does. And then he has to sit there and put up websites to try to get people to come to him and give his email list. I don't buy his BS. I don't think he owned a whole lot of anything. I think he was an employee of The Blaze, the employee of CRTV. I think he was an employee at Fox. I think he was getting a regular paycheck. And I think he was getting an operating budget of some type to produce the show that he does, you know, by his house or whatever it is, you know, whatever that's, wherever he lives. I don't think that, that he was getting what he says he was getting. I don't think he owned what he says he was he owned. And for him to do this to try to to try to compete or to drive people to him tells me he didn't have anything to begin with. And if it was that egregious, he should have addressed it in talks after the contract was handed. I keep saying contract, but they say it was a term sheet. It could be I don't know, it, either way, if it's a piece of paper and if I got that piece of paper, I would say, "Well, I don't like any of this. None of this makes any sense to me. So we should probably look look at this and break this down and have this conversation. Anybody anybody would do that, but he doesn't do that. He goes public. 
Now, maybe it's because he thought they were his friends and they stab- and he thinks they stabbed him in the back. But what position do you think you put them in when your agent says, we won't talk to you for no less than 50? You're already setting the stage for 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 conflict. If you were true friends, you would be like, hey, man, you know, can I, you know, talk about working for you? You're working with you or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's sit down and have a conversation over you know, cash and stipulations or whatever. But that's not what happened. It's like they call and they say, hey, you know, let's get in a room. And he goes, oh, I won't talk to you for no less than 50. He's already setting the, the stage of conflict. He's already being an asshole. So for, for the Daily Wire to lowball him, as everybody keeps saying, I don't, I don't exactly fault them for that. And, and I just, I, again, it just goes back to the same thing. Don't go into business with him. I don't think he's good for it. I don't think he's good for anybody. And he proves it in just in this exchange. <clears throat> and and I just think that that is the bigger the bigger issue here. Anyway, guys, just don't do it. That's the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for jumping on. Like it, share it, subscribe. Send your wacky story or wacky personal story to stretchgoosepodcast at gmail.com. See you on the next one. Later. Later.